The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Glad you could join us on the Big Red Bench. We have a packed show coming your way over the next hour. Reaction from Cork's defeat to Dublin in this afternoon's All-Ireland semi-final, after which Chief Fitzgerald announced that he'd be stepping down as Cork boss. You know, it's been a wonderful experience, and I would hope now that, you know, whoever takes over will, will take on that challenge and, and, um, and, and bring the team forward again, and hopefully in a year or two that they'll be, they'll be back up the steps there again. Also on the show tonight, we're going to be talking to Cork Muggies Donny Daly after the under-16s won the All-Ireland final this afternoon. Going to look back on last night's disappointing defeat for Cork against Tipperary in the under-20 hurling Championship final. Going to talk to co Ramblers about their cooperative and plenty more besides as well. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM. We're here until 7 p.m. 0868104106 if you'd like to get in touch with us. And uh, you can uh, tweet us as well at Big Red Bench. Sharing the studio with me today for the first time, what feels like about 14 years, Kieran O'Regan. It's not far off that, I'd say, yeah. It's close enough. <laughs> it's been close enough. Um, how have you been keeping? I feel like I haven't seen you in ages. I, I sure You've been avoiding me. I wouldn't blame you. I, look, I've been refereeing and cards and you know <laughs> that's all refereeing is just a card here yeah, card yeah, card for you yeah, and you've card. been avoiding getting a card and been avoiding work well <laughs> there's a big difference there that. Uh, but yeah that's sure it's been a great old few weeks but delighted that we're back together you know. disappointment for Cork now today after losing that but happiness on the other hand for the 16 Camogie so it's been an, an interesting day of sport Kieran yeah uh, range of uh, emotions obviously very uh, disappointing to hear uh, Efi Fitz is mm. after deciding to uh, move on from that job I'm not sure who they'll get to, to go in there either but uh, he's I think we should just play some as well our thanks uh, mm. to Efi as well because he has been incredibly accommodating ever since he took over the Cork job a number of years back he's always been on the end of the phone always uh, gives you a text back uh, has been very very helpful for us over the last couple of years so just thank you to Efi um, for everything he's done for us I suppose over the last couple of years Yeah 100% there's no doubt he'll be back in management if if he wants mm. to very very soon as well um, there'd be a lot of people who would want him involved he's a fantastic manager yep. um, so very disappointed but uh, on the other side great uh, for the Cork under 16 so we'll hear from Donny Daly their manager um, very very shortly as well but a, a very busy day of sporting action starting with that ladies football game the All-Ireland Senior Championship semi-final uh, it's Dublin who will take on Galway in that final after uh, Dublin beat Cork earlier on today uh, we've a wrap of that I think it's full time here at Crow Park for the TG Cahar All-Ireland semi-finals. It's Dublin 2-11 to Cork 11 points. And what a game. It was all level at half time at 7 points apiece. The Dubs came out raring to go in the second half, getting the first few scores on the board from Carla Rowe and Noelle Healy. Noelle, who plays her club football in Mourne Abbey in Cork, found herself marking a fellow club mate, Emer Meany. The Rebel County worked tirelessly but found it difficult to break through the Dublin defence. And the game-changing moment came when Dublin's Rachel Fleming who was in the right place at the right time she bet the goalie to put it low and hard into the bottom right hand corner Orla Finn's free taking has been right on point for Cork kicking 9 points 8 from freeze and Dublin substitute Jennifer Dunn had a great impact when her first touch of the ball was straight over the bar it was captain Sinead Ahern who sealed the deal for the Dubs as she fired home a penalty 
It's the reigning All-Ireland champions who have rose to the top here today and booked themselves a place in the 2019 TD Cahar All-Ireland Final. But they will face Galway. It's Dublin 2-11 to Cork, 11 points. Yeah, Ashley O'Reilly uh, reporting there. And they will, of course, take on uh, Galway, who beat Mayo in the other semi-final, 2-10 to 2-9. Last-minute free uh, winning that one for Galway there. Elsewhere, the Cork Camogie under-16s are the All-Ireland champions. They had a, a big, big win over Galway today, uh, winning the game by a point. They were leading by four points going into four minutes of injury time. Um, and they, they just came back and uh, won the game by a point. So uh, very close when we'll hear from Donny Daly very, very shortly, the manager uh, on that. Locally in the Senior Football Championship, uh, reigning champions, the Bears uh, were taking on Carberry Rangers and it finished 217 to 117 in favour of the current champions. I think I could be wrong. I know the Bears are safe up Premier Senior now, um, uh, guaranteed because they've got into the last mm-hmm. eight. But I, I think Carberry Rangers are possibly safe as well. It depends on the gradings, of course, um, and I haven't seen them in the last week or two but I think Carberry could be safe up Premier Senior um, mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting like we saw Charleville who won Intermediate got to an Ireland yeah. club final and now they're going to be in the second grade next yeah, it's, year it's, it, the, the permutations of it kind of like uh, make me scratch my head a little bit and it's kind of to, for me trying to look on and trying to figure it all out but um, a lot of change coming I suppose for next year's championships yeah um, and do, do you know what it, it's slightly skewed now the, the, the clubs voted for this I don't think they maybe realised down the line what was going to happen right. but uh, the clubs voted for all this uh, end of last year uh, early this year and uh, in fairness Cork needed something Kevin O'Donovan came up with this and uh, it, it's been brought in and it needed something like this anyway but if you look at the intermediate especially the, the hurling a lot of it is second team Mm -hmm. second teams are high enough up in that grading because of course they have very good players in the earlier rounds of the championship because the senior teams aren't playing those players if that makes sense they lose the players as the championship goes on Mm. Um, but because they've got through rounds earlier on and that uh, it kind of skews the the rating's a small bit in the Intermediate Hurling Championship anyway but uh, regardless of that anyway uh, the Bears are through to the quarter final Yeah um, just on the Bars as well mm-hmm. um, they tweeted um, their their second goal um, they tweeted like quite excitedly uh, because it came like a minute at the, the end of extra time Olin Spud Murphy goal exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark once the excitement had died down oh, 10 minutes later they retweeted that tweet and said, cannot go without saying, it was the worst goal of all time. <laughs> so, Olin's going to get some grief for scoring the goal that basically got him into the next round of the championship. It, well, actually, that's true, yeah, but it's a bit they don't have any video, so uh, we could judge. Yeah. We could judge that. I'm sure it'll emerge. Uh, hopefully it will if not we will be going down to Toker and finding <laughs> out uh, what did happen down in Bandon this evening uh, in the Intermediate Football Championship Glenville have defeated Mitchell Sam and Belly Hooley 114 to 12 points uh, Knock Negree had a big win over Ballinora 218 to 110 and Glanort overcame Rock Chapel in Ballyclaw 111 to 6 points there was a three divisional finals on for decision as well today in Shandoon Brian Dillons were crowned hurling champions after they defeated Whitechurch 21 points to 12 in Carrickdown uh, Corsi Rovers overcame Tracton 316 to 118 while Erin are the Bearer Junior A football champions after they overcame Garnish who had been going for a 3 in the row 210 to 19 was how that finished but of course all of those teams regardless of whether they uh, lost or not uh, are into the county championships as well after that was changed a couple of years ago uh, in football 
Man City moved uh, into the into second in the Premier League after a win over Bournemouth. Uh, they won three one at the Vitality Stadium with thanks to uh, goals from Sergio Aguero and Sterling. Harry Wilson getting one back for the host there in the four thirty games. Newcastle taking on Tottenham. There's eighty minutes gone there. Newcastle still leading. Mm. That's very interesting. Tottenham struggling a bit. They can't seem to to, to break Newcastle down. They have ten minutes. Uh, Newcastle to hang on for what will be a, a famous win. Yeah, elsewhere, uh, Burnley won up on Wolves, 81 minutes uh, gone there as well, so uh, not long enough for Wolves to try and get one back. Uh, in Scotland, Celtic have beaten Hearts to go back top of the Scottish Premiership. The boys over were overtaken by Rangers earlier on. That was because they had beaten St. Mirren 1-0, but goals from uh, Callum McGregor, two from uh, Yusuf Boyo, uh, helped Neil inside back to the top of the table on goal difference. Uh, in women's football, Cork City, they've beaten Wilton to book their place in the quarter-final of the FAI Cup. It wasn't the score line over in the Scottish women's uh, match that uh, ended up uh, very high scoring but it was 5-1 how it finished in favour of Cork City Uh, last I checked I think it was a 20-0 to Glasgow 20-0 Glasgow City have uh, won by 20 goals to nil in this afternoon's game against Dundee City Dundee City lucky to get nil um Claire Shine of Cork was on new sub today for Glasgow City. Assume she might have been uh, carrying a knock, which is why she didn't come on because she didn't need to be wrist. Um, but um, yeah, twenty nil. They've, um, they've won that championship finished. for the last twelve years in a row as well. Yeah, uh, it looks so like they're going to make it. We're going to make it a um, a lucky thirteen. Yeah, it looks that way. Um, in golf, Rory McIlroy, he'll get his final round of the Tour Championship underway at 10 past 7 Irish time. He's out in the final group with leader Brooks Kepka. He finished his third round earlier with a 2 under 68, leaving him on 14 under for the tournament. The shot by Kepka. Um, elsewhere at that tournament, five people were taken to hospital mm. with a, a six treated at East Lake uh, Golf Club following lightning strikes. One of those uh, people from Northern Ireland, uh, we believe as well. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, d- not obviously good news there. Um, Eric Van Royen, he's won the Scandinavian Masters in Sweden. The South African won the tournament by a shot on Matthew Fitzpatrick on 19 under. The best of the Irish is Gavin Moynan from Dublin, who ended on 6 under after a 4 under 74 today. And in uh, cricket, uh, Ben Stokes carried England's uh, cricketers to victory on day four of the third Ashes test against Australia. He made a remarkable 135 not out in mm. the one wicket win to keep his country's hopes of regaining the uh, urn alive. Uh, d- We'll, we'll hear a clip now in a second, but that was fascinating to see him come back when they were just so Yeah, far even behind. it was funny. Um, like, even Sky's coverage, you know, the way the information at the bottom of the screen um, is changed from like England need X amount of runs to win to Australia need two wickets to win, and then all of a sudden it was back to England need X amount of runs to win. It was um, incredible. Like, I only caught about the last half an hour of this because um, we were obviously keeping an eye on, on the court match and so I had this on at the same time as the court game but I saw the tweets coming in and I was like this seems like it could be something very very special here and uh, for England to, to win yeah, and that astonishing knock from Ben Stokes 135 not out uh, he's being called possibly one of the greatest um, performances of all time one of the most incredible test in- innings by an Englishman you see all these plaudits um, be given out uh, for this it was absolutely sensational stuff and uh, yeah glad I actually got to watch well half watch anyway with the court match but I thought it was absolutely brilliant stuff yeah, um, well, these fans couldn't uh, believe it either, what they were seeing at Hedgingley. Amazing. It's breathtaking, really. That man Stokes again, isn't it? <laughs> Always rely on him to uh, come up with the goods. I think he deserves to get knighted, Ben Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Ben. 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff, I have to say. I really, really enjoyed uh, watching that. All right, we are going to talk uh, Gillick Games. We are going to start with Ify Fitzgerald, of course. If you, if you didn't hear at the start, the Cork boss has stepped down after today's defeat uh, to Dublin in Croke Park. Um, the Dubs running out deserve winners in the ink here on, I think. They were brilliant in the second half. It was tit for tat in the first half. Um, Cork and Dublin were very, very even. And you're thinking, right, this is going to be a great second half. Whatever adjustments Dublin made in the second half were worked flawlessly and they were brilliant in the second half I think Cork only scored three points in the second half yeah um, they were just a bit off mm. I, I know we talked about the atmosphere as well uh, I think there was 10,000 just over 10,000 there um, Efi had been worried about that as well mm. and half of that was probably from the, the Mayo Gallo game but um, just is there a bit of work now to do with uh, Cork? Well, as he said in your, your chat with him yesterday, I think it was six players in the, the current panel that um, were there when he took over three years ago. Yeah. Um, so it has been a bit of a rebuilding job. And look, the foundations are there. This is a decent Cork team. They just need to, I suppose, time to gel um, and time to move on to the next level. Look, we'll talk about it in a bit more in a bit, but um, we're going to hear now from uh, the uh, former Cork boss, and I said the Cork boss, the former Cork boss, Eve Fitzgerald's talking about today's game and confirming that he would not be going forward uh, next year as Cork boss. Cork seemed nervous today, which you normally wouldn't be like. No, I don't think so. We were in the game 10 minutes a second after the draw, so. Um the, the two sendings off probably disrupted the flow of our game maybe a little bit I don't know but we certainly the last 20 minutes didn't perform Dublin you know, took over and, and were very very strong physically and ran at us and um, we didn't cope with that very well but um, but having said that we had a chance on you Terry had a chance at whistle past the post Dublin went down and got a goal so you know a small margins again that would have put us two points up I think at the time so um, but we don't have any complaints of Dublin, they're fine side, you know, they're they're physically very strong, very imposing and you know, they as I say, they ran out it's what's the score in the end was a bit of a you know, we were attacking, they got the last goal, it was probably you know, the game was a little bit closer than that. But having said that, um yeah, I'm very happy with my girls. I can't I couldn't have asked any more of them and you know, they they, they, they gave everything and um and that's it. I'm certainly I'm certainly not happy with the official with the officialing. I think it was absolutely uh, no, I can say this because this is my. Uh, I I will be stepping down now after this because I've four years on, so I think it's time for a new voice. But um, but Kira Sullivan was sent off there. That's the third time Maggie sent her off in, in three matches, and I still don't know. She doesn't know herself what she what she went for. Um, so stuff like that. The, the tackle needs to be defined. I think. Um, you know, no, that's not taken from Dublin's victory. As I said, they fully deserved on the day. I'm not taking that, but I just do think the tackle needs to be defined over. You know, the LGFA going forward are wasting their time because we don't know what a tick is. We don't know what it. We don't know when they're being ticked. We don't know whether a tick is a, every foul is a tick or or whatever. I don't know. So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. That missed chance that Anya had. You know, she wasn't long on the field. Um, it, it was probably the key moment in the second half, was it? Well, it was one of the key moments. I mean, who's to say Dublin wouldn't come back and, and score again? Well, I, I, I'm not sure about that, but um, certainly we need to take. To, we had another chance. We did another chance early on, and then we had we had a two-on-one, and she blew for a free in the first half um, when we were throwing goals. So I don't know why that happened either, but um, but there you go. That's life. If your decision to step down is it all going to happen at the end of this year, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have four years done. I, well, I, I said I'd give it one more year. Um, like, there's a young squad there, and, you know, I, I suppose I have a lot going on. You know, I have a family at home that I probably haven't given as much time to over the last number of years that I should be doing. Um, so, um, 
there's a lot of factors really you know you know my work and, and all that there's, there's a lot of things I'm going to focus on um, going forward um, but the result today had nothing to do with me standing stepping down that was a decision I'd made a while back well it's a building process I think I think there's certainly there's young players there but you can see I mean in terms of conditioning and that you can see how strong the Dublin girls are here today you know um, and that's a level you want to get at after a number of years you know I mean if you look at the likes of Lindsay Davy and, and, and Carol and these girls you know they, they've been at it quite a long well maybe not Carol not so much as, as Lindsay but some of the older girls you know she had a hair there you know they've an awful lot of work done and that shows out there and I think they're able to you know put in a strong performance for the 60 minutes and you know um, whereas we probably flagged a little bit towards the finish you know but but that said, you know you can only it's a learning curve for 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 our girls. At the end of the day, there's not a there's not a hold up between the teams. I, I do believe certainly, um, but I do think probably another year or two maybe of you know maybe find one or two more players and and um, and hopefully some of the older girls will stay on because it is a huge commitment. And as I say, to be fair to the Dublin girls, they've given a massive commitment over the years. In spite of you know they probably lost three or four learns before they won one, which is testament to their. You know, to their commitment to their county. So, so all in all, um, I think there's a future there for Cork. And all, all, who knows? At the end of the day, who knows? But Cork will certainly be competitive going forward. I think of the the original crew that we had, I think of only seven left. Uh, seven, seven um, of that panel that started in 2016. So, so there's certainly talent there. And you know, we won the league and we won our Munster championship and that. And to be competitive and to be in all Ireland semi final against Dublin and be very competitive, I think that augurs well for the future. Certainly. Are you said not to have a stronger bench this year than last year? But ultimately, Dublin's bench, you know, probably gave them a big edge. Yeah. Well, I think I think the ten minutes when Ima Meany was sent off were key. You know, I think that that, that they got the goal during that period and. We, we were we found it hard to settle I think the extra body coming forward they piled forward at us and you know once Neve Collins got back on the field I think that they used their ex, they probably used their extra player better than we did to be honest about it and they were run at us and they were creating overlaps and we found it hard to cope with that so um, but again that that's I would say a lot of that is down to experience but it certainly was a factor and I think for that 10 minutes they probably scored 1-2 or 1-3 maybe without a play and that was probably the ultimate, ultimately the difference in the, in the overall scheme of things Are Dublin that better ahead of Galway as well? Well, I think they're double Ireland champions. They're in another final now, and they're they're certainly. I mean, God, we have a lot of pace and power as well. But you know, I suppose Dublin will go into the game as, as strong favourites. But who knows? You know, I think they get, I saw a lot of that game today with Galway and Mayo. And to be fair to Mayo, they deserve great credit as well with the turnover they have had. Um, you know, but it'll be an interesting final. But you'd have to say that Dublin will be strong favourites to win it. How do you reflect on your four years as manager at Cork that it's over? I'm delighted, really. I mean, we, I came in, and you know, people were telling me it's a poison chalice and all of that after all their success. But you know, we've won in All Ireland, three leagues, three months of championships. I think so. We're, we haven't done too bad. Now, obviously, the gold standard is, is the All Ireland. They accept all that. But you know, when you have when you have young girls coming through, you know, like I suppose today, Emma Coyle, it was her first journey in Crow Park. Nia of Cotter the same. So it's 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 a it's a big deal coming up here. You know, no matter what anybody thinks, it's a big deal playing in Crow Park and that. So from the point of view of developing players, and I, I would like. To, you know, like take take the time here to to actually thank my own management group who have been phenomenal, James Masters and Kevin Tatton, and you know if I name them all, I'd be leaving out a few, but you know they've been they've been absolutely exemplary, and they've you know they've put in so much time and effort, um, free of charge. You know we don't take expenses um, because the girls don't get them, so like that's the type of attitude we have in there. So. Um, 
you know, it's been a wonderful experience and I would hope now that, you know, whoever takes over will, will take on that challenge and, and, um, and, and bring the team forward again and hopefully in a year or two that they'll be, they'll be back up the steps there again. Here, here, that's Eve Fischer there speaking after uh, today's defeat to Dublin. A, a lot to take in, a lot to dissect in that interview, Kieran. Mm. Uh, the main thing being that he stepped down. Uh, he had made the decision um, a number of months back um, that he was going to step down regardless uh, of where Cork finished this year. Um, he even said it himself that uh, people had told him that they, the Cork job was uh, a poison chalice uh, coming in to take over after Eamon Ryan. Um, but he, as he said, won in All-Ireland um, and has had a, a big rebuilding job to do over the last couple of years. And um, yeah, I think he's uh, going to enjoy his free time now by the sounds of it. Uh, he shouldn't be out. Uh, he shouldn't have a whole pile of free time. If there's any clubs uh, looking there, they should certainly be going to him. But um, he has done a great service. He did have to bring in new talent and all that as well. Mm. A lot of players would have left over Eamon Ryan's time. But um, so I was disappointed because he was such a, an easy guy to talk to. Like you know, you you could just message him and no yeah. problem. We'll 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 do something. But he was a fantastic coach as well. Um, so very disappointing there. He mentioned about Kiro solving it in the yellow card. Yeah, not happy at all with the referee. He he's he has brought that up a few times before. Um, mm. I don't know the rules of ladies football, but it, he said that Kira doesn't know what it was. It was for. Yeah, we had a couple of tweets in saying it was a, a terrible decision and what was Kira sent off for. I have to admit, I missed it at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I still don't know what uh, she was sent off. Yeah. She wasn't sent off. She was she got a yellow card. It was effectively a sending off inside the last ten minutes. They, they, any time we watch a Cork match uh, and uh, that referee is doing it, you always mm. seem to see Kira and her having words over something right. that's going on. Um, they, I don't know. They just don't seem to to like each other, maybe. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it, you should always tell a player what they've done. Yeah, and not just. Run away! No, I no. I was told recently enough. If you're, if there's a foul, just get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, move away, move on. Now I can see why you do that. Set yourself up positioning wise, but if player doesn't know what they're being booked for or anything, uh, well, one they're going to do the same thing again, and that's no benefit to uh, the referee, and it's no benefit certainly to the player. Um, if I was a player, I'd want to know what. I'm what foul I'm committing, so I'm, I won't do it again. So that it's it would be disappointing if Kira doesn't know what she uh, got a, a yellow card for a sin bin for, because as Efi alluded to there, it's the, the third or fourth one that she's got. So I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see that. Now, th- do you know that opens up uh, another thing in that it's four massive, well, three possibly four massive appointments that uh, will have to be made in Cork yeah. over the different grades uh, between the the. The three different grades, possibly three. Uh, Dennis Ring, we're not sure hundred percent about, but minor and senior. Anyway, there is appointments being made on that, um, and huge appointments each and every one of them. And possibly Corkamogi as well. We heard from Paddy Murray. He said he wasn't sure he'd make a decision soon. Um, so a lot of decisions to be made over 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 the winter. Yeah, and Cork Cork are putting together the committee for the senior job next week. The the selection committee will say mm-hmm. to look at that uh, next week. So that'll be uh, interesting. I imagine there will be someone in before the end of the county championship. They, they would have to be really. Um, so when you were off actually a couple of weeks ago, Anna had uh, David Fitzgerald on, uh, on her oh. show on the Sunday show, and she asked Davy would he be interested in uh, becoming the court manager, and he didn't say no. Um, I think Davy is the best man for that job because he will get Cork in All-Ireland final I think yeah title I yeah 
Um, Cork people don't want an outsider. Yeah, I, well. I, I understand that. But you know, can if you, if there's a, a possibility of winning All Ireland, surely. God, you can get, there get is a very that. good nucleus, very good core in that Cork team. Maybe they just need that extra ten percent deliver this line. Maybe David gives you that X factor, and he does because any team he's taken over, they they've had bags of potential. They just haven't got over the line. Mm. But they have almost well, like he's taken Wexford huge leaps and bounds. He took Waterford big leaps and bounds. Uh, Clare, we saw won the All Ireland title defeating Cork. Um, I, I certainly, I, th- I, he's definitely worth a chat with. But uh, and I think he wants the job, or he's interested in it. Yeah. From what I believe, um, it didn't come true, Anna. But uh, I do believe he's interested in it. But as whether he's whether or not he gets an interview is a different story. Yeah, but I think he's he has what Cork need. I think. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, and a lot of people will disagree with that. I imagine they, that we should go with someone in Cork. Mm. But if there, you know, if there's a chance of winning an All Ireland title, then I think you you should be overlooking that. You know, but yeah, a lot of big appointments have yeah. to be made over the next. And look, few once months. again, uh, our, our sincere thanks, Stevie Fitzgerald, over for everything he's done um, for us um, at Cork Red FM over the last number of years. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Donny Daly, the Cork uh, Under 16 Camogie boss, after their All Ireland success today. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. The Cork are the under-16 All-Ireland Camogie champions. They survived a late fight back from Galway to win by a single point. Cork 114, Galway 210 is how it finished. Donny Daly is the Cork boss. Kieran spoke to him just before we came on air. Did I be joined on the line by uh, manager of the Cork under-16 Camogie team, uh, Donny Daly. Donny, uh, absolutely terrific uh, day for Cork Camogie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, unbelievable. 16 years waiting for an under-16A at Ireland. And by the celebrations here, you know, it's 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 just un- unreal, unreal. We, we we were beaten last year mm. by Galway. Uh, we put in, you know, nearly 11 months of hard training to get to, get to this stage. And, you know, thank God the girls. The girls are unbelievable. You know, there was really a point in it. We, you know, we we were further ahead, but, you know, the, the girls dug in deep. We, we knew Galway wouldn't give up. Um, we like we had a, we had a game plan. We talked with the girls were unreal, unreal. They, they gave everything today. Twenty twenty girls, fifteen started five came on, and they, we couldn't have asked for anything more from them. Yeah, come here. You mentioned you won by a point. Uh, One fourteen to two ten was the full time score. But you were going. You went into injury time four points ahead. That must have been an absolutely yeah. nerve wracking last four minutes. <laughs> it, it, it was. And look, in fairness, like we were like Galway are a great team. Like Galway, they were going for five in a row. Like we, they were never going to lie down. Um, we knew that no matter how far ahead we were, uh, you know, we were never going to be far enough. Um, and like, like they got, they got, a, they got a good, they got a goal from a free. Now, in fairness, look, they, they were they got under a lot of pressure in the back lane, and eventually, you know, Galway broke us down. But, but fairness to, to the to the, the backs, the forwards, and the fielders, they dug deep. You know, even 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 when they, that goal went in, and whichever the point it is. Um, the girls, you know, we, we had enough confidence in the girls to know that they would get us off the line. And in fairness, today, every one of them is leader from from one to one to twenty nine. Um, they they just they stood up playing big and, and and were counted. You know, it was it was un- unbelievable. And it's been is it I think sixteen years uh, since Cork have won this title. Yeah. Sixteen years, and I was talking to Anna Geary yeah. there today. She she captained the last team to win under sixteen back in two thousand and three. Yeah, she's raging so like, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these girls weren't born the last time Cork went under 16. 
Yeah. That's you know that's the 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 multitude of of what has happened there today. We we have you know five six girls six girls who are on, under fifteen. They were you know there was a couple of them played. They were playing under fourteen last year, and for them to step up today uh, on, on on the biggest stage on the big pitch to play you know four times all Ireland champions Galway and come out on top. Um, it's it's a great testament. Like these girls have been training three nights a week since the eleventh of November. Yeah. You know, and like they're fo- they're focused. You know, we we got great support from the clubs, huge support from every every club in the county. We got huge support from the county board. Um, like we've in fairness, we left no stone turns this year to put out what we thought were the best twenty nine girls under sixteen in the county. And you know, they've they've, they've the proof is in the pudding, yeah. isn't in the, in the eating, and, and these girls have done it, you know, and they, they, they didn't do it easy. <laughs> they didn't do it easy. Yeah. Um, but, but, but unbeaten for the year. You know, Galway, Galway didn't go through the group stages unbeaten. We did. Um, we beat Wexford in the semi final, which is a tough game. And all those tough games that we had stood to us because we knew. You know, we knew with 10, 15 minutes ago the girls had in their legs. We brought in a strength and conditioning coach at the start, Steve O'Mahony, who, you know, the amount of work that he has done with those girls. Um, but, but not just that, the girls bought into it. They bought into the, the tough Thursday night training sessions. They bought into the, the tough Tuesday nights when, when we were having 15, you know, 15 on 15. Like they were getting some of the toughest games against each other because there was such, such was the, the, the intensity and the appetite for places on this team. That, you know, and, and the girls that started, they were doing it for the girls that didn't start because they knew how hard those girls had worked to get to this stage. And look, they've, they've celebrated tonight, they've gotten their, their, their rewards. For, for a tough year yeah and where are the celebrations going to take you know there's five there's five sales girls on the team you know it's a huge uh, compliment to the sales club to have such a representation so I'd say it's back there um, to back there for probably uh, a late night for some of the girls I think that, I think they're saying it the captain so it's Olivia McAllen um, who has been a, a fantastic captain in fact she, like, she has captain uh, this year the, the Cork on the 16 football and Cork on the 16 camogies you know so like that's a huge a huge um Achievement for such a young girl, and she's she's a great a great girl. Yeah. So I said back to back to her house for the team, um, and I said we, we go back to Pete, for pizza back in Sales. I think <laughs> that's the plan. A lot of them won't be in for first day of secondary school tomorrow. So <laughs> but anyway, I no, think they deserve no, one, the one day off anyway. Um, but look, true, true. Uh, like you've 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 mentioned you've been with this team since uh, November. Huge amounts of work has gone into to it, but. Even more so that the the girls bought into it from from early on. Oh, they did. They did. Like you could even see it in the trials, and we like we had three trials early November, um, and the such was the appetite, and you know, we held about 170 girls trials. Um, now, ten of these girls played last year, four on the, on the A team, and 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 six on the B team. Um, so they, they, they've had their their their, their taste of of, of defeat, and, they, and 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 on this pitch last year, both our A's and our B's were beaten by Galway. Mm. So th- that those ten girls had an awful lot to prove, and you know, and we, and we when we had them the previous year, so 2018, we only got them in late January, and we knew that wasn't enough. We knew we the amount of work that we needed to to, to overturn Galway, uh, we had to do it earlier. So again, with the with the, the the help of the county board, we 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 brought through um, 
a bunch of girls back in November. <laughs> um, we brought two girls in November and we said, well, look, we have to train these girls three nights a week um, from November for us to have any chance of winning in All-Ireland. And the Fairness County Board, and as I said, the clubs bought into it, the girls themselves bought into it, um, never complained. Um, they, they were, you know, we, and we had some great bonding sessions. We went down to Fota. We went down to the Celtic Ross, you know, the week before last. And we, 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 you know, we brought the girls to Dublin for a game. You know, so we, like we've, we've, <laughs> we've done it. Well, we learned, we learned an awful lot from last year. Yeah. Um, our, our experience probably last year, probably, you know, we didn't have it on the sideline. We didn't, we probably were, were as much to blame. Uh, for the defeat last year as anything and we I suppose we just said you know if we were going to do it this year we had to had to make changes and we did yeah. um, and that we took the plan the, the, the plan the plan today was look Galway had been getting goals they'd been getting six and seven goals in every game and they had teams beaten after 10 minutes they'd beaten Kilkenny last the week before last in the semi-final um, after 10 minutes we knew if if, if those girls uh, the Galway girls got goals early we'd be under pressure so the plan was we'd, we'd play a sweeper and Kira Golden from the Bears sat in as a sweeper she she soaked up everything in the, in the first 20 minutes first half an hour and that was the, that we knew then going in half time that the girls had it in their legs um, and Galway were in a position that they'd never been in before they were behind and they hadn't scored goals so you know it, it, whereas like our girls knew that if the, the longer the game went on they'd still be there um, I said we played we played the Cart Miners a couple of times this year and fair play to Jerry Wallace and his team for helping us out when we needed it um, when we need to get good games because like such is the I suppose the, the quality in this team we found it very hard to get get, get games around the country like there was very few under 16 or minor teams would play us um, except their own you know so like it, 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 it was look, a concerted effort from, from everybody in Cork from, from the county board down to the clubs to all the, all the teams that brought us where we are today Yeah. well look Tony I'll leave you get back to celebrating and uh, you've certainly uh, if you didn't have your voice last before you've taken the call you certainly have it last now but anyway Tony thanks a mil for taking the call and uh, we'll enjoy celebrations Thanks very much, Karen. Thanks very much. Yeah, congratulations indeed uh, to Tony Daly and that entire Cork team. Um, a fantastic win. Sounded like an epic game, Kier. And uh, Anna was so delighted for that Cork team. As uh, Tony mentioned, as Anna mentioned on there, she was part of that uh, the last Cork team to win another 16 All-Ireland back in 2003. Yeah. Uh, 16 years ago. So let's look, it's been a long time coming. I'm sure the celebration is going to be great tonight. Uh, yeah, I think he alluded to there. They're going back to Sars for pizza. I think um, might go there ourselves after maybe. Get some pizza and Yeah, yeah, pizza. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's fantastic for them. Um, and look, with the work Donny's done there and his team and, and Jerry Wallace with the minors, uh, I don't think there'll be any fear with the senior team in the next few years mm-hmm. as well. You know, um, yeah, congratulations to the rebels. Absolutely delighted for all the panel. All right, we, we I suppose we have stopped with the. Um, last night what happened last night and Cork's defeat to Tipperary um, you came on air to do uh, the link just at the top of the show as the game was throwing in uh, we only wanted to keep you on for a minute you ended up on for seven minutes to talk about all the goals that Cork had conceded um, I had to get you to stop talking so Cork wouldn't concede any more goals and that seemed to work um, that start have you like like you've been watching GAA since you've been a small kid you've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games have you ever seen a start like that in any game ever no, never. Not four goals in, in in seven minutes. It was just rootless from Tipperary. Now they had uh, obviously some players who had just won All Ireland title the weekend before, and they were chomping at the bit. And mm. Liam Cal, uh, we might hear him say it there anyway in a few minutes, but he uh, said that you know the lads who had been out celebrating 
Sunday night and Monday night were at training Tuesday night and they were gunning for, for this All-Ireland title. Yeah. Uh, just disappointing because the game was pretty much gone after 10 minutes from, from Cork. There was just way too much to do, you know. Um, there, was a, there was a bit of a fight back in the second half in fairness. Well, there was a there was a fight back. It was just there was too much work to do mm. after those four goals. You know, um, just very very disappointing. Um, like just tip roll over the the defence um, the other night uh, last night I should say. Um, Melrick and Keating were good. Sean O'Leary, Hayes, Robert Downey. They were, they were all good, but just tip absolutely outclassed them and ran rings around them it was just like Cork were rabbit in headlights for the, the, the first few minutes now they did settle they got a point or two and it did settle them but it was just I said too much had gone in you know it was too late at that stage it was just very disappointing for all of them yeah we'll hear from Matt. Uh, obviously very disappointing last Absolutely, looks uh, devastating. Um, our lads put so much effort into it, so much time into it. Um, would have thought going into it we were in a pretty good place, but um, got blitzed with goals early on, and they did that against Wexford as well. And, and look, they've done it in all their games. Really, they've, they've, they've scored goals with ease, and um, unfortunately, we couldn't counter it. Um, uh, their movement off the ball was very good. Uh, they walked into good positions, and um, you know we were rattled back early on. And look, I'd have to admire our lads, and they fought valiantly, you know, for the end of the first half and second half, and they did everything they possibly could to walk their way back into the game. But look, um, it was too little, too late. The goals had the game won at that stage. Those four goals at the start, obviously a huge soccer punch. You can't plan for that, really. No, look, uh, um, you know, and our defenders had been going very well, and you know, had inspected, had expected a lot of their movement and all of that. But look, uh, in fairness to them, they took their goals well. I suppose everything happened for them at that stage as well. They got the early goal. We got the next three points, and we thought, you know, we'd settled fairly well at that stage. But um, anytime they attacked us, they attacked. Um, you know, with with with, with purpose, and um, they were very dangerous. Very proud of lads, absolutely. Look, they're, they're a fantastic bunch of lads. What they've given to us is absolutely exceptional. Some of these guys are going to go on and be good senior players. They'll learn an awful lot from today. That's no consolation to them today. They're an absolutely fantastic bunch of lads. Couldn't be prouder of them, even in the circumstances after that terrible start. To make a fist of it in terms of how, what they did, um, you couldn't be prouder of them. They're fantastic young lads. Yeah, looking. You know, it was just one of those days as well. Even, you know, we had half chances, we had goal chances maybe in the second half, and it didn't come off for us, and we didn't have chances. And suddenly, you'd think you might be back into the game, but you know, we missed a couple of early scores at that second half, which probably could have settled us as well. And it just wasn't to be. You know, uh, they didn't miss too much. Um, any chances they went for, they tended to get them. But it's, when it's your day, that kind of thing happens. What half time like what 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 do you have what did you say to me like what Message was, look, lads, you're, you're better than this. Um, it's very disappointing to be in this position. We can turn it around. We can do something about this. Uh, you have a half an hour. It's not too late. And in fairness, they did come back. They responded very well in the second half. I thought, you know, even against the breeze in the second half, I thought they played very well. 
And um, but look, uh, I suppose we, we had left ourselves obviously with way too much to do. And at the end, in um, I suppose we were leaving holes in, behind. So anytime we'd go up and get a few scores and reduce the lead, they always looked dangerous when they'd go down to get a point to bring it back again. You know, and, and um, fair play to them; they're a very good team. Yeah, it's court boss Dennis Swing there being very frank here on, I suppose, about the assessment of the game and uh, offering no excuses, really. No, it was what it was. Um, just very disappointing. Like you mentioned, the, the, the early goal after it was under 30 seconds, I think it was 19 seconds, mm. it was got. Um, Cork did tack on three points, but they just they bull, tip bulldozed through the Cork defence. Uh, I I wouldn't be blaming Jerk Collins or any of them either, to be fair. They were all wonder shots. Yeah. Um, just so disappointing. Um, yeah, we'll hear now from our tip boss uh, Liam Cahill speaking to us, uh, Stephen Gleeson of Tip FM. Media briefs there earlier. You know that's 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 the man that's with me, Mikey Beavens. Fingerprints all over it. Just the work he's put into these fellas and the work he's put in with me over the last five years has just been incredible. And I'm a really really lucky man to have met met, met him met him and teamed up with him. I, I know him obviously from our playing days together, but when we teamed up as as a, as a manager and coach, like I didn't think that would take us to the heights it's taken to us now but um, you know that, that instinct of, of fellas going by, by their marker and looking for the runners and you know just it's, it's, it's all about it's all about the team and giving the ball to the man in the better position and I'm just thrilled absolutely thrilled for Mikey the players and, and, and everybody associated with, with our setup. Tommy Ryan had them lads in brilliant condition for, for 17 or 19 18 year olds Sandra Malloy our performance coach just has given a, a real exhibition of having these fellas heads right like she had his right in 2016 at minor level to beat Limerick twice she had his right again tonight and we're a small group there's about 10 of us involved Kevin O'Sullivan our goalkeeping coach and of course Sean and TJ the, the men that are pulling all the strings in the stand they're, they're, they're serious men to be in, to be involved with and really really honest Stephen they, they don't care where they're from and now oh, I've got a bit of slack over the, over the, and I don't mind that when you're in a temporary management role uh, you know where I am you're, you're open to that and rightly so but I've got criticism maybe for not having a couple of guys from my own division in South Tipperary on it and like to be honest about it if, if there were hurlers good enough in South Tipperary to be on this panel they would be on it I've, I've travelled the width and breadth of the country to look for players and um, it's just a point in time you know there will be a number of players there available next year but the one thing about this management team is it doesn't matter where you're from if you're good enough you play and that's the way it should be Yeah you're, you're forwards or backs everyone there uh, Craig Morgan coming out did a great job in defence right through to Billy Seymour Connor Bowen that full forward line winning ball and burying it and, and that, that start was that something you kind of worked towards getting that start getting an early goal Stephen I have to say really Tuesday night we, we, we met after the senior All-Ireland and um, Joan Cal, Jake Morris and Paddy Cadell came, came into us absolutely hopping off the sod like you know and that was a real sign of intent for me. We played a, a 12, 14 minute match and it was as good a quality as I've ever seen. And I just said to Mikey and the boys leaving, I said, these fellas are ready. And I said, I'll, I'll eat my hat if these fellas don't bring a performance. Now, did I think they were going to bring four goals in the first 10 or 12 minutes? No, I didn't. But they had all the signs of a massive performance. Mm. And uh, the pace that came out of the dressing room in the second half, it was, you know, it was relentless. Now, Cork did get a purple patch midway through the second half. But other than that, Tipperary dominated. And uh, the stuff you've worked on in the training ground, that's showing it has it has and like we, we try to play the way we train and uh, 
you know, I suppose, Stephen, like, we bring in these young fellas and we challenge them to be hurlers, you know, and, and we try to set a, a kind of an elite environment for them because that's what they are. When they're in a tip environment, they're the best in their club, they're the best in their division, and we try to do that. But we're, we're, we're humane as well, like, you know, people will think maybe that I'm a hard tax, taskmaster, and I am, and I'm very direct with these, these young men, but they respect me for it, and I, I understand the... the, the, the the obstacles they meet in everyday life. I understand what's going on out there. I'm a, I'm a parent myself. I know exactly what's going on out there at the moment. And it is a tough environment. And we put the right support mechanism in place for these fellas to perform. And, you know, it's not just about them being excellent hurlers. We try to round them off as best we can as, as, as men as well. And, you know, and plus, it's very easy for me to do that, Stephen, when, when they embrace everything we do and, and, and try to be... They come to training every night to tell me, look how good I am, look how good I can be. And when you have that, Stephen, you have something really special. That's uh, tip boss Liam Cahill there speaking after the win over Cork and some very nice words there about um, his players there uh, near the end of that. But Kieran, that Tipperary team is something special. It's, uh, it's going to be the backbone of that senior team for for, for many years to come. Sure will. Um, and uh, <laughs> trouble for Cork, I suppose, because uh, Tipper is going to have all those players coming through and a good few of them are underage again next year as well, I think. Um, look, you have to appreciate that Cork got to a, an All-Ireland final as well. You know, a couple of years ago, people would be... Mm. Uh, would be delighted with that despite losing they'd be delighted to be back in an All-Ireland final it's very disappointing this year obviously because losing the Munster final to Tip and the the All-Ireland but um, it's a very very strong Tip team I think I've said it a few times this year after a few matches they just came up against a much better team on the day uh, they were they just wanted it more than Cork did that's that's just the the end of it. Cork mm. did come back into it. They did lose Tommy O'Connell towards the end. All right for a second yellow. Um, I've actually no idea what that was for. But um, so they were down to fourteen, and, and then it was just Tip just uh, ran away with yeah. with it for an end. But Cork, I don't think would have come back either. But mm. look, you have to have your put your hands up and uh, say, look, Tip are just the better team. Now we're going to talk football. Now Cove Ramblers recently launched their new cooperative. Uh, for more on that, Bill O'Leary from Cove, the Cove Ramblers board popped into me to talk about it and about re-engaging with the wider Cove community as a whole. I think we felt the opportunity. There's a new committee there. Um, we felt setting up the committees, uh, setting up the new uh, co-op is very timely. It makes absolute sense for us. Uh, I suppose we recognise that things need to be done a little bit differently, that we certainly need to engage with the community a little bit more. Um, we need to recognise their importance in the community and their their relevancy in running at a club. Um, and we think it's a great opportunity now to do that, um, whilst also recognising that we need maybe to get more local players on the team mm-hmm. at all levels. Um, so, so certainly we're going to do that. Um, and we have to think ultimately, what are we here for right, as a club? So we're here num- primarily, to, I suppose, to give players an opportunity to to better themselves, uh, to you know, to give the youth of Cove and, and the East Cork community an opportunity to play football, to do better on a national level. And that's a very powerful kind of a idea, uh, ideal. Uh, it's a very powerful message to send out. Um, but I, on top of that, we're there to serve the community. And, and you can't serve a community if you don't have uh, members involved in the running of that club. And, and I think we've seen models of co-ops elsewhere and they've worked very well. Um, and we're aiming for to set up a really, really best in class type uh, uh, co-op um, and, and give people the opportunity to, to 
uh, articulate their message and to actively be involved in running the club through setting up of or create, creating new motions, uh, voting on motions, and and coming up coming up with ideas. Um, so so that's 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 where it's so. Is, is it kind of similar? I suppose to Cork City in the forest kind of model is it? Yeah, and and we looked at Galway. We looked at, at Cork City, and we see how you know Cork recovered brilliantly from their uh, their really difficult times uh, uh, back a number of years ago, and they did it through a co-op. And I wouldn't say we're on the same level of difficulty, but there's a recognition, I, I suppose, at mm. board level that we need to do, need to do something differently. Um, so we've taken that on board. Uh, and look, Cove is a fantastic community. It's it's very much on the up. The whole East Cork region is very much on the up, uh, tourist wise and and economically. And and you know we recognise that people can can do more with us. Uh, you know we recognise the importance as well of of working with with other clubs in the town. And we've done some great stuff with the likes of Co Wanderers and Springfield Ramblers recently uh, in co-hosting events. Uh, we're doing a lot more with charity uh, with the likes of Co uh, Cope. Uh, and the Teddy Towns, so it's not just a matter of setting up a, a, a mechanism like the like the co-op in isolation. We need to do that and do more actively with the town, and that's what we're doing through through charity partnerships. Mm. I suppose being part of the co-op then it's a chance for people of co-op to have a say in their team, essentially. Absolutely, and that's that's really important. I think uh, you know. Uh, I think we've lost that over the years. I, you know, you could talk to a number of people, and they, everyone has a different opinion as to why that happened. But um, no, no doubt, the lack of Cove players ha- has been an issue. I suppose, notwithstanding the fact that you know the successful eighties team, you know, a lot of those guys were were non Cove players. But yeah. I mean, there's certainly a level of of of, of uh, we need a certain level of Cove players on on the te- on the on the senior team, no doubt. You know, and and certainly at the underage level. Uh, with the, with the new academy manager, once once we appoint him, that the, the drive will be to 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 fill those uh, those teams with Cove people too, and and then all of a sudden, young Johnny is playing for Cove, and and his parents are involved, and that's a whole new cohort of people that we can get involved in helping run the club. Um, so we're looking, you know, we're looking at memberships. You know, we've got to start somewhere, and we're starting relatively small here, but we're looking at a membership of about one fifty in the first mm-hmm. year, and think we think that's realistic. And you talk about the the Cove players, I suppose, and you touched on it briefly as well as the the improved relationship with Springfield Ramblers and Cove Wanderers, and that's vital, I suppose, for that as well. That all three are working together, whereas in the past maybe that wasn't the case. Absolutely, and I think we need to create a formal structure here of 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 cooperation. Uh, I think we've got very good personal relationships with 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 the guys mm-hmm. in both clubs, um, and that's very important. You, you you know you can be you can be trying to do the best things in principle, but but if you don't get on personally, then you've got a real problem. So we have that personal relationship, and that's very important to nurture and protect that. Um, you know, and and I think we can do things like, for instance, an under nineteen players are not successful, maybe in transitioning into a senior team. Mm. Well, then can they go and play with 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 Wanderers or you know, and and if there's a couple of players with Wanderers who who would love the opportunity to play for Cove nationally, and and represent their town, then then maybe they would move from Wanderers to to Ramblers and 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 do similar things with with Springfield. You know, we're in discussions with them over the next couple of weeks about maybe you know them taking on the under thirteens uh, in a very formal way and we see that as a great opportunity for for board entities. Mm. Um, 
the trust itself has been launched. Um, there was kind of a half season deal on, but I'd imagine like pushing it forward now for for twenty twenty is kind of the, the the aim and getting it right out there. Absolutely. So so Rory, we're gonna we're gonna formally launch this uh, once the season uh, finishes, uh, and there'll be links on our website. Mm. There'll be links through our our, our Twitter and, and Facebook uh, social media, uh, and we're looking in the first instance of you know about one hundred and twenty euros for for a joint season ticket stroke. Um, uh, uh, membership uh, deal mm-hmm. with reductions, obviously for 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 OAPs and and potential reductions as well for ex players in order to engage mm-hmm. engage that community, because again we've lost that link with a lot of the ex players. They're starting to come back. In fairness, we're recognising a lot of those guys coming back, but that's an untapped resource as well. And you know we've a great history. Uh, remember that our centenary is 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 just over two and a half years away. Yeah. So so. So so that's very important to recognise the contribution of players down through the years uh, and we'll be doing that in a number of different ways. Uh, we recently made a, uh, an award to, to Liam McMahon, you know, yeah, our yeah. iconic iconic manager uh, back in the 80s. So, and, and Liam was presented with, a, you know, uh, an award uh, at the Dundalk game recently. So that's just part of what we're going to do and, and that's very important. And finally, I suppose, Bill, if anyone wants to to get in touch with the club and help with the club in a volunteer aspect and imagine your tours are always open absolutely and and I think what you have to remember here is we're going to have like you know plus 100, 100 kids playing nationally for, for Cove uh, and so so there's a there's a ready made resource there in terms of the parents of those children that really have an active want to have an active say in running the club plus the local community plus the wider community you know we're, we're ostensibly we're a Cove club but but certainly we're a Cork club too you know so so we need to tap into all of that uh, that that population base and that interest and you know if I if I you know I'm not long on, on the board of, of Cove Ramblers but I look at it from my perspective when you look at from the outside in you often think you're, maybe you're a bit uh, put off by the whole idea of helping yeah. with a club maybe maybe you think a club is a bit cliquey or you're a bit hesitant so mm. you know we want to open doors here and make it very easy for people to be involved and and, and uh, so so anyone that's interested can can make contact with us through our social media or our website directly so so that's great Bill, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Rory. Yeah, great to chat there to uh, Bill O'Leary from Cove Ramblers about their cooperative and uh, I suppose the, the, uh, the aim of uh, engaging with the, the, the wider Cove community as a whole. Right, before we wrap up, going to talk MMA. We've been talking to several members of MMA Cork recently. Next, we're going to hear from MMA Cork's Jack Maguire. I spoke with Jack up at the club recently enough. Well, what I got into it was uh, my older brother Aaron uh, Maguire. He, he was doing it. And then my younger brother, Callan, he got started in it. Then my younger sister and then myself, my older sister, had to jump into it. And one day I came home, just no training, and went at my younger brother. And he just, he gave me an awful showing anyway. So uh, I had to start that day. So that was five years ago and here I am still. So. What did you start? Was it mixed martial arts? Was it like one specific part? Uh, I started straight into MMA. Uh, Aaron had just opened up um, the new gym, MMA Cork. And uh, I just started there with MMA and that kind of brought me into jiu-jitsu with um, BJJ Cork and uh, through there then just trained grappling and uh, MMA be part of such a fighting family as well you almost be pushing each other constantly are you? Um, it, like it's uh, there's no real pressure in the family but um, we're kind of we're definitely a competitive family by, like, by nature and uh, 
when it's not like we'd get jealous or anything but there's always a push like uh, by someone or else by by myself now I'd be always trying to up my last performance or same like trying to get the better of my brother or you know my sister so mm-hmm. it's um it's just natural but it, it works for us yeah. but like when you're getting ready for a fight like to have Aaron there like 24-7 back in call must be a huge advantage it's brilliant yeah it's um I'm very lucky like having someone like Aaron around all the time because even if he's there as my coach throughout the day, he's also there as my brother and as a family member. And um, it just brings an element of um, just calm and you know, being relaxed. It's just it's brilliant having him there. And um, as like I'm very lucky and same with everyone else in the gym to have someone like Aaron there. Like, what's a typical training week like? Um, well, there's you know there's no typical training. There's no set routine. Like I. Uh, I'd get to say I'd come to the same sessions and we'd be working on different things and um, Aaron always has something planned out for the day and we might get rounds in some day we might get uh, just practice just drilling and um, some days are easy days some days are hard so um, just play it as it comes really and what we have to prepare for How many fights is it now for you? Uh, well I've after my amateur career I'm on I think maybe 14 15 fights and um uh, now after signing a pro contract and uh, looking to kind of get going with the pro career and I've been trying to fight now the last year as pro and it's been uh, proving difficult but um, uh, but sure that just means the training has been going the same and when I do get that pro debut it's going to be um, I feel it's going to be very good for me and it's going to do a good show of it That's lined up for October is it? Uh, I have a fight uh, lined up in October no, end of October in uh, Cage Conflict in Belfast Yeah, that's my, well, my uh, supposed uh, professional debut which I feel will happen this time mm-hmm. and uh, fighting a guy George Courtney who's um, fought pro already and had a good amateur career um, tough fight but um, like I, I don't think it's anything um, that I haven't faced before so um, looking to plan a good show for that um, so looking forward to it yeah. What are your kind of aspirations what are your plans overall in the sport? Um, I kind of I, I never really kind of uh, be vocal about my aspirations but like I just train each day as I come because I actually do just genuinely love the sport and um, I love uh, taking part And um, but like in terms of that I just keep taking each fight as they come keep the training as it's going and like if I just keep going eventually it's it's about who's left in the sport and I feel like I'm going to be left there at the very end even if everyone's hating and I'm still going to be there so it's as far as I go really as I want to really you know Turning professional is a big step but having like I suppose a professional management company looking after you as well is a huge part of it uh, yeah, it's been um, like I've already seen the difference anyway. You know, the organising uh, side of things definitely wouldn't be my um, uh, skill. Like um, now with the lads coming in, um, it's just been uh, a big difference. Like just organ- getting out to promoters, even just promoting myself. Like because I definitely wouldn't be the easiest. I'd say I'm not the easiest person to manage either. And it's not because I'm being difficult. It's just that I'm quiet, you know. Yeah. So um, uh, it's I'm I'm really excited to see where it goes without fight management and mm-hmm. Barry helping us out. So. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's all looking up really from here on in. Thanks, Jack, best of luck, man. Pleasure to haunt you. Appreciate that. Thank you much. That's Jack McGuire there of Cork. MMA will talk to his brother Aaron on next week's shows. That's it from us this evening, folks. Thank you very much indeed for tuning on by our podcast online, very, very shortly, redfm.ie. Uh, good night. Alan Donovan's up next with Green on Red. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, folks. We'll talk to you next Saturday. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.